company called Aldi, and they created a one-tap-zap solution. So now when you're using Noster on either Amethyst or whoever has integrated it, I know Amethyst has, I think Domus has also. And now when you hit zap, it's immediate. The money gets sent. There's no like popping up a new app. So okay. now it's like the equivalent of liking something, ah. except you're sending money. And in Amethyst, you can program a bunch of different like amounts. So when I'm paying out in Amethyst, now that I have one tap zaps, if it's a new episode, I hit 250, boom. If it's an old episode, I hit 100, boom. Nice. Okay. Makes it, your life easier. It makes my life easier. It's not a Noster client, but Albi is becoming like this Noster uh, support company. to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recefis. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience-funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See, our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media. And of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin. And the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money. And so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola to Spain. Guten Tag, Germany. Hello, Canada. Hola, Argentina. Good day, United Kingdom. Hola, Brazil. Buongiorno, Italy. Sawadi, Thailand. Hola, Portugal. And, and howdy, howdy to, to Texas. Texas. What time is it, babe? The current time is 789-552, and we're approximately 725 blocks since our last recording. And if I gave you one torn up U.S. dollar, how many acres could I get on sunny Bitcoin Island? I mean, it depends on how much it's torn. If it's torn in half, it's zero. Taped together, taped together. <laughs> uh, you can't take it to a bank. For you, babe, I'd give you 3726 Aw, what a sweetie. Yeah, I'd have to figure out how to get that off my plate, though. <laughs> Convince someone else to take it. And for the other commodities that we track, we got eggs up 200 Satoshis to 7,400 Satoshis. We got ground beef up about 1,000 Satoshis to 17,000 Satoshis. And we have gas up about 500 Satoshis to 9,100 Satoshis. So what I'm hearing is if people made clips of the show, they could have covered the increase in Satoshi price. That is one way to look at it. Yes. <laughs> way to bring it back to the, the bounty program. My wife is going to make sure you guys get all my, my Bitcoin. I'm rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for you guys and apparently against my own Bitcoin wallet. So you're welcome. Well, if you're playing the long game, this has been our best week ever. So I think the bounty program is working. 
It's time for shout outs. So our top boosters for our last episode were Oi, Vake, Doug and Roop, Black Toshi, Marsats, Zordon, and Kryptonite. There were some comments this week that I wanted to respond to. First of all, to Oi. We will stop saying Oi. <laughs> I think the reason we said Oi. Or is that oi. we? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. We're in the reading and it's Oi. So there's two uh, characters that Ian and I love from television shows that say oi all the time. And like every time they say oi, we get obsessed with it and we say it all the time. So um, we're just like, you know, uninformed Americans. Uh, But the Billy character from The Boys, he says it all the time. Yeah, Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher. And then also Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. And Roy Kent, who's yeah. basically Billy Butcher. Yeah, and like my bad, because like these are obviously American-made shows. And I don't even think Billy Butcher is British. Is he? Is he Australian? Um, the actor. In the, sh- the actor, uh, Urban, he's... Keith Ur- uh, Keith, I'm saying Keith Urban. That's not his name. I don't know. I don't know who you're saying about his. Yeah. His name is Urban something. It's yeah. first or last name. But I don't believe he's British. I think he's Australian. Carl Bro- Carl Urban. Yeah. 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 New Zealand. He's New, from Zealand. New Zealand. Even better. Yeah, yeah. The other Australian. I know. I know. We're so ignorant. <laughs> Thank you for setting us straight. <laughs> um, so th- there's that. So obviously, as you heard in the, in the opening, we stopped. We're not going to say that anymore. Say good day. Uh, we'll say good day. And the other one about the comments about um, no ads on the show. So. You're not wrong. If we did have ads, we would be stealing from the fiat system and bending it into the Bitcoin system. Um, and maybe one day we'll do that. We were joking before the show, like if one of us got fired, mm-hmm. we would just throw some ads on the show. But for right now, we're just trying to get right to the show. You don't have to wait like five or six minutes for ads and all that fun stuff. It's just it's just for the format of the show and how it flows. But um, I hear you. We or Oi. Uh, I don't know which one it is. Um, <laughs> tell me which one it is in the comments. To uh, Black Toshi. Konnichiwa, Black Toshi. We say hello to the top 10 countries in our metrics. And Japan has fallen out of the top 10. You guys used to be in our top 10, though. So, so these other countries are beating you out. You got to do some groundwork in Japan to get <laughs> your metrics back up. But for you, Black Toshi, Konnichiwa. Marsats. It is Kian, but it's spelled K-I-A-N. But interestingly enough, like since, you know, we've had him and, I, you know, people ask me in the street, like what his name is. It's a really popular name for other cultures, uh, not just Persian. So I thought that's really cool. There's a lot of different spellings that people have of Kian. There's a lot of ways you can spell Kian. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, seems like everyone pronounces it the same way, which is cool. And it's K. I A N. So Just it's my like name. Ian with a K. Yeah, it's my name with a K. That was like my good strategy of being like, oh, here's a Persian name for our son. I mean, I liked it regardless. Yeah. Uh, but K with I A N. It's just adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. It's adorable. It's very adorable. Yeah. It's very adorable. Zordon, thanks for the feedback. We got something to come in pretty soon. I've just been a little bit busy. It hasn't actually come out yet, but it'll all make sense in a couple of weeks. I promise. I'm glad that you like the the new branding. Ooh, what a teaser, babe. Well, I've been teasing it for a while. I just haven't been able to like finally pull the trigger because we got a lot of their stuff going on. Um, but you know, you know what it is. Um, yeah, I know what it yeah, is. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> to Kryptonite. Uh, yeah, I mean, same thing I said to Oi or We uh, about the ads. We are just trying to help create the Bitcoin circular economy. You know, if we're giving out sats here and there and you want to spend them back on us to support the show, that's great. Support other podcasts on Fountain with the sats that you get from us. That's fine. We just want to make sure that everyone understands that 
You get these things and you spend these things and you go get more of these things and you spend more of these things. Don't be a hoarder for your stats, like spend and replace, but obviously save as well, right? So that's the part of the game. You got to be a saver, but in places where you can spend Bitcoin, spend Bitcoin. And that's what we're doing here. This is like our marketing budget. Yeah, like I think that's the piece of it. We are spending our own money on this stuff. And yeah, we are at the point where we could get advertisers and really generate like a significant income from it. But, you know, I I let Ian lead these decisions, but I think it's it's cool to see where it goes. And, you know, of course, we can never say never, like as the costs of running this podcast go up with, you know, there's always something right that we can get. And spend money on whether it's Mondo like, wants a soundboard. It was a soundboard or like, you know, new software. You know, Ian's always exploring different software, those types of things, right? You know, just like as you grow any project, you know, there can be new costs. Sure, maybe one day we'll have ads, but I really think like, especially if you go to our earlier episodes, it, it's like, you know, we don't want to waste people's time. You can get Bitcoined out. I get Bitcoined out. So like, you know, to save a couple of minutes on the pod and not make it be, a you know, a boring ad to listen to and instead like just be able to listen to the show and get on with your day was something that's really important to us. So like, I really appreciate that people are worried about how we're affording all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, this is something that we're choosing to invest in. It's something that Ian and I do together for fun. It's really fun to be able to do and like step away from parenthood now and kind of like come in our little bubble. Yeah. Shout out to your sister. She's currently yeah, watching Keon she's as we're watching Keon because Keon was a little loud last time and it's she's she loves him. So so we were like, sure, hold him for an hour while we record. But also like, you know, it's. It's us trying to help people understand Bitcoin and continue to understand Bitcoin. And so, like, we're just trying to do our part. But yeah, like, I've just to be completely transparent. Yeah, we're we just pay out of our own pocket for this stuff. It does cost us money, but, you know, we make a decision on how much we're willing to spend on the podcast. And we hope, you know, the podcast has grown a lot. Um, and we hope that it still continues to grow. But, you know, we're, we're eating some costs right now. And that's that's all right with us. Yeah, we don't we don't mind eating the cost, but like eventually we're going to get full. (laughs) All right. Now it's time for flirting with Noster, a Nostra. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. There's all these like competing theories around how to pronounce this word. You know, I think that's good. Do you think that we're maybe pronouncing Bitcoin wrong? <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. 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 It's a GIF, GIF situation all over again. There is a it, correct way to say that, though. There is, and nobody likes it. They don't have to like it. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I also think like when it comes to technology, like doesn't necessarily matter if you're mispronouncing it, especially when it's an international thing. People pronounce things differently. Yeah. I mean, eventually something will get solidified. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, we've had two conferences now. There was Costa Rica and now there's another conference. Or it's up. Nostra Rica because Costa Rica is pronounced this Sorry, way. that's what I meant. Sorry, that's what I meant. No, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just saying like, this no. is the thing. We don't know. No, but I'm saying like Nostra Rica makes sense, sense. right? Yeah, yeah. But I think it'll just get ironed or out. I mean, Nostria in Austria. <laughs> 
Sure. That was a good joke, damn it. That was a How good you, joke. There's no Nostria, though. Austria. Sure. If, when they had the conference there. Exactly. I said if they had a conference in Austria and called it Nostria, okay. not called it Nostria, then we would be like, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in Costa Rica, it's Nostra Rica. All right. Anyways, none of this stuff matters. What's going on on, on Noster? What's going on in the decentralized Twitter alternative? <laughs> yeah, let's stick with yeah, that yeah, until we yeah. know the name. <laughs> um, so two things. Uh, first thing, as I just alluded to, there is a new conference happening in November um, called Nostrasia or Nostrasia, however you want to say it. That gives us no insight on how to it pronounce. Doesn't. But it's pretty cool. It's happening in Tokyo and Hong Kong simultaneously. I don't know what that means. I guess people who can't get to Tokyo or can't get to Hong Kong, but can get to the other. It's it, it, the conference is happening in two cities that are very far apart from each other. That's interesting. It's cool because like it'll basically be the second conference in one year. So like this protocol that basically didn't exist 18 months ago has now proven itself so much. And people have built and are building so many things on it that they're like itching to get together in person twice a year. Are these the same people who did in Nostrica? Some, I mean, like, I don't know if the organizers are the same, but like a lot of the people that went to... Is Jack Dorsey all about it? Is he going? You know, Jack doesn't respond to, my, respond to my text anymore. Oh, but so he like, was tweeting so much or... I, well, Jack likes Costa yeah, Rica. Okay. Jack lives in Costa Rica. Oh, okay. Jack has been pictured surfing in Costa Rica. Okay, so that's why okay, he was okay. on board with... Got it. I don't know if we have any pictures of Jack in Tokyo. I'm sure there right? is, but yeah. But the point there being is that conferences like this spring up because there are a lot of people that are very disparate and they want to get together in a place mm-hmm. to talk about what they're doing and what they've learned and all this fun stuff. And so the fact that they've had two conferences in one year for this protocol that's very new, to me, says that there are a lot of people that are building on this protocol, like a lot. Yeah. And I know this is the Noster Nostra news section, but like to put it into perspective, Twitter doesn't even have an annual conference. And Jack Dorsey, who's just released Blue Sky, whatever that's going to be, like it doesn't seem like it's getting a lot of traction. What's amongst- Blue Sky? So Blue Sky, okay, a little bit of backstory. <laughs> So when Jack Dorsey left Twitter. <laughs> this is why we need a soundboard. Yeah, what the yeah. hell was that? I was rewinding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when Jack Dorsey left Twitter and, and when Elon Musk was considering buying Twitter, mm-hmm. there was a couple of emails or text messages that leaked um, between Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk. And basically on Jack Dorsey's way out, he was like, hey, I'm thinking about building this new thing. It would technically compete with Twitter, but... Like, is that cool? And Elon Musk is basically like, that's cool. I'm buying Twitter. Like, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Mm. So that thing is Blue Sky. Mm -hmm. And Jack had been talking about it while he was still at Twitter. But it's basically supposed to be, for lack of a better term, decentralized Twitter, where there's like the main system called Blue Sky, but it's federated. So like other people can have their own thing. It's very similar to Nostra, but it's not. Right? So he's still doing it. Well, that just launched. Huh. It launched like a week ago. We haven't really talked about it because it's not really what we talk about. A lot of the, what I would say, consumers of Twitter are flocking to Blue Sky. So like if you were like a celebrity or an influencer, it was a very big deal to get an invite to the Blue Sky like beta, right? Meanwhile, on Nostra, everyone's just like, you need an invite? Mm-hmm. Come on over here. Yeah. Just generate your keys. Everyone's welcome. It's basically more functional than Blue Sky. 
So yeah. why do you think he's still doing it? I think that what eventually is going to happen with Blue Sky is that Blue Sky is going to be a Noster relay. I think Jack Dorsey is going to show how Twitter or Facebook or any of these other social media platforms could very easily integrate with this Nostra protocol, i.e. everything that happens on Blue Sky. Okay, so it's not like either or. It can, mm. both can exist. Right. Now, will Twitter do that? Maybe. Will Facebook do that? Maybe. Will TikTok do that? Maybe. But I think Blue Sky will do that. Okay. And then the other big piece of news in the Nostra world is, so I don't know the frequency of this. It seems to always be going on. I think there's a specific time, but it's called a Zapathon. Okay. Where basically people just zap each other all day on Nostra, right? You know what a zap is. Yes. Okay. So zaps are cool. It's a way to like send Bitcoin to a Nostra user as long as they've set their profile up correctly. It's a lightning transaction, so it's almost instant. And the two, you know, dominant clients right now for Nostra, Domus and, and Amethyst, at least to me, because those are the two that I know about the most, they've been building features to support zapping, right? But the problem with zapping, when you hit the button, it basically gives you an option of like, what app on your phone do you want to use to send this zap? Because it just generates an invoice, right? Yeah. A lightning invoice. And then that invoice gets sent to whatever app you tell it, Mm -hmm. and that's what's going to pay out. Well, I don't know if it was last week or this week. You know, I think it was within the last two weeks. There's this company called Aldi, and they created a one-tap zap solution. So now when you're using Noster on either Amethyst or whoever has integrated it, I know Amethyst has, I think Domus has also, you just configure to use Aldi And now when you hit zap, it's immediate. It's instant. The money gets sent. There's no like popping up a new app. So now it's like the equivalent of liking something. Ah. Except you're sending money. And in Amethyst, you can program a bunch of different like amounts. So when I'm paying out in Amethyst, now that I have one tap zaps, it's so much easier to pay people out on Nostra because I just have the 200 Satoshi, the 250 Satoshi and the 100 Satoshi option. And if it's a new episode, I hit 250, boom. If it's an old episode, I hit 100, boom. Nice. Okay. Makes your life easier. Makes my life easier. It's not a Noster client, but Albi is becoming like this Noster uh, support company where like they're making the cool features of Noster, specifically the NIP5, which is how you basically get your blue check mark, right? Um, You can get your blue check mark through Albi. And now they have one tap zaps. Oh, yeah. I need to get my blue check mark. I have to set it up where you can be Mondana at flirtingwithbitcoin.com. Yeah. I just haven't done that yet. Mm, been a little busy. Well, I tried to do it one day and it did not work out and I just gave up. I forgive you. But you, get it you. together because I need to be confirmed legit on Nostra Nostra. This is whatever. where like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying with Albi, right? So Albi's kind of like showing the way of... You get your lightning address mm-hmm. at Albi. So you could be Mandana at getalbi.com. Mm-hmm. That would also be your NIP5. Yeah. Right. So now your NIP5 is your lightning address. Yeah. And that is what I think in the future is what everyone's going to be. It's like a cleaner way to know, like, okay, I'm sending money to the person I want to send money to. Right. And you know that it's that person because it's been verified. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, people can work backwards and say, I want my own domain and stuff like that. But like a lot of people have Gmail accounts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to have all be lightning addresses. Ah, all right. right. That's where you see it going. 
And so Albi, just to tack onto that, Albi's building out a lot of other stuff to make zapping more natural. And so they have this other thing that just came out this week, I believe, called the Zap Planner. And it's basically like ACH withdrawals. <laughs> so you just program in, like, I want this amount of money to go to this location on this interval. And it just sends it for you. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think Albi is a company to watch in the Noster space. Um because I think they found their their niche where they can make things that then all of the Noster clients just kind of implement. Rather than all the Noster clients have to build their own thing that are interoperable, Albi will just be that that unifying bridge for all of them. And they've done it with one tap zaps. So everyone go set up your one tap zaps if you're using Domus or Amethyst. I don't know about the other ones. I think maybe Snort has integrated it also, but those are the three that I know of. For sure. Yeah, get it together, everyone. And I, it's easy for me to say, meanwhile, I'm going to have Ian set it up for me. So, ha! All right, let's bring it back to Bitcoin. What's going on in the Bitcoin world? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Bitcoin world. But today, we're going to talk about um, two particular things. They're not exactly related, but they do show where Bitcoin is probably going over the next 12 to 24 months. So the first story is we talked about ordinals and inscriptions a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have because it's dead. Not, it's not really important to what we oh, okay, talk okay. about or care but about. Is it like? A, is it is it popular still? It became extremely popular and it became so popular that the transaction fees on the Bitcoin blockchain were in the hundreds of sats per V-byte. Okay. Normally they're in the single digits. Mm -hmm. So that's like a hundred X increase. Uh, That's been going on for like the last week or two, maybe three. I don't know. I I didn't move any Bitcoin during this period because it was ridiculous. Uh, But when those fees are high, People were mad because now it was going to cost you maybe $20 to move a certain amount of Bitcoin. Even if you do it through Lightning? Well, not if you do it through Lightning. Ah, so you like, did you like how I knew that? Very good, babe. Thank so, you, thank you. So you were in the camp of Bitcoiners that was like, if you need to move $30 worth of Bitcoin, move it over Lightning, Yeah. right? However, the thing about Lightning is you have to open a channel. Mm-hmm. And to open a channel, you got to do one on-chain transaction. Mm-hmm. And that on-chain transaction is going to cost you 500 Satoshis per V-byte to open up the channel. So the first time you want to do it, and then once you do it, you're good. Once so you do it, you're I'm good. I'm fine. I mean, you don't have any channels open. I do. No, yeah, I mean, right? yeah. But like technically- Your money is my money. Right. We have channels that yes. are open. Um, and I did that, you know, one day, I don't know what I watched on YouTube or something, but like- I think it was a BTC Sessions video, which, by the way, if you want to see any tutorials on how to set something up, mm-hmm. BTC Sessions does some really good videos. Uh, highly recommend. Um, I'll link to his uh, his stuff when I think it's appropriate for what we're talking about from now on. But he was the one who did a really good tutorial on the uh, border wallets. So I watched one of his videos back in like November or December, and I was like, screw it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to open up some channels. 
I have large. We channel rich, baby. Yeah, is that what you're telling me? Okay. It's not that we're. It's not that okay. we're. It's not that we're channel rich. What like, a flex. It's very similar to when <laughs> when like the Bitcoin price goes up and down. It's like, man, I wish I had opened a bigger channel. Yeah. Right. But fundamentally, like I could move Bitcoin without having to open a channel. But when you use stuff like Albi, for example, like that's a channel that's just open for mm-hmm. you. It's a custodial lightning wallet. Like they technically are holding your Bitcoin. They are your lightning channel. Right. So a lot of people say don't do that. So for the people who don't want to do anything custodial and the fees are up, they're mad now. Yeah. So you would be in the camp of people that's like, well, if you're all about Bitcoin and privacy and all this fun stuff, like why did you open any lightning channels? A lot of people don't trust lightning right now. Okay. Or a decent number of people don't trust all lightning. Right. Um, it's still new. It's still new. It's a year old, right? Lightning, no. Lightning is um well, we'll call it like three, three years. Okay. Uh, you know, Strike was basically built on Lightning. So however mm. old Strike is, plus one year. Mm. Yeah, but like it's been really interesting to watch this happen in the Bitcoin space because this technically happened before, like right before I got into Bitcoin. Or right this is because of ordinals and inscriptions? Yes. That's lame. If you're listening right now, go to timechaincalendar.com. At the bottom of that, it'll show you like how much it costs to move Bitcoin right now. On our box upstairs, it shows those numbers right. throughout the day. Well, I was on a call for work, right? And um, I was like in the middle of talking and I spun around. I saw the box and I saw the numbers and I like gasped. <laughs> and the co- my coworker was like, is everything okay? And I was like, uh, yeah, it's fine. You wouldn't get it. Yeah. But it was like very shocking at how much the, your pearls. at how much the fees were but the, the the thing that's going on is that so now everybody who wasn't around in 2016-17 is saying well if this is a problem we need to make bitcoin blocks bigger we need to make the size of the block bigger so we can fit more stuff in it so that the the block isn't constrained and the prices go down and all the OG bitcoiners are like we already had this fight we're not fighting this fight again. The size of the block is set. If you want a bigger block, there's Bitcoin Cash and there's BSV. What are those? So back in 2016, 17, it was called the Block Size Wars. I think we talked about this like briefly. But basically, a bunch of like, let's just say corporate entities came in, basically made the same complaint. Like these blocks are too small. If I want to move a bunch of transactions through, like we need bigger blocks. And the Bitcoin OGs were like, no, just because that will help you doesn't mean we're going to change this. Mm -hmm. And so they forked off. And that's why you have Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin BSV, because a bunch of Bitcoin. What is that? Is it its own coin? Yes. Oh, that's not real Bitcoin. No, it's not. Okay, Okay. It's not. But but when that fork happened. A lot of people didn't know which way it was going to go. Was everyone going to go use Bitcoin Cash or BSV with the bigger blocks or were they going to stay with Bitcoin? Yeah. And that's why right now when everyone's saying bigger blocks, it's like, no, 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 buddy. We already had that fight in one. You don't get to come in with your ordinals and your inscriptions and then say we need bigger blocks. So what's going to happen? Like the transaction fees going up, is this going to be the new price? The answer is yes. On a long enough timeline, the transaction fees are only going to go up. But your answer, why not use Lightning, will just become more logical. Mm -hmm. There'll be way more people moving money on Lightning than... And that's what we want. 
That's technically what we want. Yeah. Now, does Lightning need to make more improvements to its protocol? Sure, right? But as Lightning stands today, everything we bought at the farmer's market this morning, I did not need to use a credit card for. Yeah. I could have paid for everything there with Lightning yeah. very easily. Yeah. Now, if you're like a grocery store that moves a million dollars or needs to move a million dollars, it's going to be very challenging to do that on a Lightning channel of like our size. And so that's where companies like uh, OpenNode... I mean, there's a lot of lightning companies out there now, but there are companies that are basically like, you come to us, you give us the cash, we'll open the channels for you and we'll manage them to make sure that you have the liquidity. This like increased fees going into 500 sats per, per V-byte was really just a preview of what's to come, right? Where we are right now, what, 1%, 2% of the planet has Bitcoin and like spends it. Really? 2%? That's pretty good. I'm just saying, like, even if you round up to 2%, oh, okay. right? Like, good for the planet. What happens when it's 20%? Yeah. Right? So, like, we need to figure all of this out and expand, like, bring things to scale, those types of things, right? Well, not us, but other Bitcoiners. I mean, we'll be sitting here figuring it out as everyone else figures yeah. it out. That's what our podcast is for. We'll say what we see and what we think is working and not working. And that's why we go out and, and test these things. But this is like a preview. And yeah. for anybody who's upset that it's going to cost you $20. I saw someone on Twitter that was like, it cost me $20 to move $100 worth of Bitcoin. No, It's like, or it cost you $20 to move $100 million worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. You're just moving small numbers, buddy. Yeah. You need a lightning channel. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way that I see it. I think like the sub 10 single digit fees are just an anomaly for the moment and are probably not going to be with us after the next halving. I think after the next halving, you should expect at least double digit fees. So 10 sats instead of one sat. Damn, inflation's hitting uh, Satoshi's. Well, so it's not necessarily inflation, right? Like this is the actual market working. Mm -hmm. It's determining, like I said, when we did the episode about ordinals and inscriptions, it's like, turns out Bitcoin has its own value, but each block has a value. And what we're finding out is that it's actually very valuable. And these ordinal guys were willing to pay 500 Satoshis per V-byte to get their data on that block. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to pay 500 Satoshis to move your $100 transaction, that doesn't mean the miner should miss out on someone who's willing to pay the 500 sats to, to do whatever they want to do. Now, I think the issue at hand is that people don't like the fact that it's these ordinals and, subscri and inscriptions that are causing, that are paying these higher fees. I sell that to say that was like last week. Here we are. It's Saturday and the fees are back like around 100 Satoshis, right? So it spiked up. Everyone freaked out. And now it's coming back down, mainly because... They were going to keep paying 500 cents. I was going to yeah. they just stopped doing transactions. Probably. Yeah, it, it cost yeah. them. It was eating up their their money or whatever. Yeah. Like there's there's market forces here. They can't just print Satoshis. They can't go to a bank and get a loan for Satoshis. I mean, you can get a dollar loan and then buy Satoshis. But like you can't just create more Satoshis to pay these fees. It comes from somewhere. It comes from the total pot of 21 million Bitcoin. So if you haven't been paying attention, that's what's happened over the past couple of weeks. Fees went up. They went down. You might have seen some people freaking out about it. That's what they were freaking out about. Another thing that happened or has been happening is uh, regulation. And so I won't get into all the different regulation that's going on, but I do have like a personal story uh, about regulation, which is my friend who lives in North Carolina a month ago. He like messaged me and he used strike. I got him to use strike. 
and he he was buying through Strike. And then he got a message from Strike that was like, hey, we got to turn off your service in North Carolina. I kind of was like, oh, that's weird. And he kind of I figured out what it was. And I was like, well, you should use you should use Swan. Right. With Swan is another Bitcoin only company for buying Bitcoin. And so this past week, um, he got a message from Swan that was like, we're turning off in North Carolina also. And so he's like, what the heck? Double rejection. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing on Swan was a little scarier because on Swan, he sent me the screenshot. It basically said withdrawals have been like disabled. Jeez. And that's not a good thing in the Bitcoin world. Whenever you hear withdrawals have been disabled, it's usually meaning you're not getting your Bitcoin yeah. back. Um, that's not what's happening. I'm not here to like shit on Swan, but Swan and Strike both used the the same uh, third party. So it's a company called Prime Trust. And before this recording, I didn't have to dig. I didn't have time to like dig into like what's actually going on with Prime Trust, like in detail. But what I do know is that specifically in the state of North Carolina, Prime Trust is leaving the market. And so for Strike and for Swan, who used them, they had to come up with a new solution. So what did they use them for? So both Strike and Swan, whenever you deposit cash mm-hmm. into their systems, it's going into Prime Trust. Right? Okay, like, like dollars. Dollars, okay. right? And then when you buy Bitcoin... They basically tell Prime Trust to buy, buy the, the Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And, and then so when you would, Prime Trust exists outside of North Carolina. They've just shut down their North Carolina operations. Again, I don't know the details uh, of what's okay. going on with Prime yeah. Trust, but there's something about Prime Trust and the state of North Carolina that says they're not operating there mm, anymore. Okay. Swan and Strike both had to like come up with a solution to this problem. And that's what I was telling him uh, the other day. I was like, this is technically the same problem that Strike had. It's just that Swan is dealing with it differently. So Strike sent my buddy a message and was like, hey, in the state of North Carolina, we are going to be your custodian now. So for Strike, they are now holding your Bitcoin if you live in North Carolina or if you registered your address in North Carolina. Swan, on the other hand, is just finding another third party. Yeah. The reason why I want to talk about this story is because my friend knows me. I told him to do Strike. I told him to use Swan. And when anything went wrong, he was able to reach out to me and be like, hey, what's going on? And what does this mean? What does it mean? And I'm not saying that he was worried, but I think just having any more information than just like a random email is always better. Right. Now, there's a lot of people out there that don't know me mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't really know a Bitcoiner. Sucks for them. And well, yeah, I mean, but. Uh, well, not knowing you, I think is I knowing you is a treat. Some people. He's blushing. Some people. Some people would <laughs> argue so that. Easy, <laughs> some people would argue that. I saw the messaging that was sent to my friend. And as a Bitcoiner, I understood it. But I think that there's a lot of people that even though they were very like clear with what they were saying, they, in my opinion, weren't clear enough for like a non-Bitcoin. Yeah, because ChatGPT probably wrote it. <laughs> Maybe. I doubt it. I doubt it. But basically what, what I'm getting at here is that it has nothing to do with Strike and Swan. There's some reason why Prime Trust is leaving the state of North Carolina. It's definitely because of some law or regulation mm-hmm. that was passed. There's no reason why they would just get out of business in a particular state. Right. Right. And so what this is kind of un- this is like unraveling or revealing is that these Bitcoin only companies like Strike, I, I advocate for Strike. I think it's a great company. And I knew they were using Prime Trust. I understood what they were doing. 
but there's a lot of people that didn't know that that's what they were doing. And then when something goes wrong, they kind of have to like explain to you in that moment. Like, mm-hmm. it's not us. It's this other yeah. people that we've been using this whole time. We didn't really tell you, but like now we got to have to tell you because that's why we can't offer you business in that state. And all I'm saying this to say is like, expect this to happen more and more and more where something happens behind the scene that changes the rules and some business that you've been using has and to, trusted and trusted has to communicate to you now like, hey, we have to change something. And in order to change it, we kind of have to explain something to you that we kind of were just letting you take for granted. And in that moment, I feel like based on the emails that I saw my buddy get, that would have broke trust with me a little bit. You got that email too. We don't live in North Carolina. Oh, true that, true that. So it's a state-based thing. Did your dad get that email? Did you talk to your dad? Uh, I think my dad and and my buddy messaged me about the strike thing, but my dad didn't switch from strike. Okay, okay. Right, so like whatever. But yeah, so the 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 thing that's going on, like there's a lot of other things that are going on, like Binance just left Canada, so they're not operating in Canada anymore for rules and regulations reasons. Coinbase is like threatening to like leave the United States for rules and regulations reasoning. They just opened up, uh, they either opened up or are in the process of opening up basically FTX. It's really freaking hilarious. Like they're going to open up their own thing in the Bahamas. Like, what? Okay. Um, But everybody is like, we don't know what's going to happen to us. We can wake up tomorrow and the government could be coming after us. And so everyone's like trying to get their house in order. Just like I kind of talk about us going to El Salvador, like these companies are like, where are we going? We got to be ready. They might come for us. And I think that what we're going to see in the next 12 to 24 months as this whole debt crisis slash are we or are we not in a recession slash is it world war three slash is it world war 3.5 like as all these things start to happen the money people are gonna close the doors and if you don't have bitcoin and if you're not holding it yourself you might end up in a position where you think you have bitcoin and you don't and that is what this swan and strike scenario is foretelling to me is that Swan and Strike are Bitcoiners, so they did the right thing. But there's a very strong possibility that someone like Coinbase, or we saw all those exchanges that failed last year, don't do the right thing. And they just close up shop and take your money with them. Yeah. You know, there was a ruling recently where the judge said the users of BlockFi can withdraw all of or some of their money that was being held because BlockFi went bankrupt but they can't withdraw all the interest that they were supposed to be earning Ah. that's been being held this whole time, right? So it's like arbitrarily being decided what your money is your money versus if you got your Bitcoin in your pocket. You're unaffected by all of this. It's all mine. So it seems like we're safe. All the things that you, we talked about today, like we still have our, our bases covered. We use Lightning, so transaction fees go up. Eh. Uh, we move our money into our, our private wallet. So wherever we're buying Bitcoin, if something happens, we're okay, right? Obviously, I buy on strike. I don't keep that much on strike. Um, I withdraw, you know, regularly. Yeah. So. so it seems like the advice that you're giving out just regularly can protect someone against the different things that are going to happen as like... Bitcoin expansion happens as regulation comes down, right? Like, do you feel good? 
You feel safe? If it was a scale of one to ten, we were like a seven or an eight, right? Ten like, being what? Safe? Oh, ten being like we have a Fort Knox, like, okay. or the equivalent oh, of Fort Knox, okay. right? Type of setup. I say seven or eight just because like there's a couple of things that I just haven't done yet because I need to do them with you. I need to explain what we're doing yes, and why we're doing I it. I agree with that. I don't um, feel like if something happened to you, I'd know how to do all of this. <laughs> Not that that's where my mind goes, but you know, just, I feel like that is the best security for our child as well, for both of us to understand how to store and access our money. We have a pretty decent setup. If anything was to happen to me, like you could figure it out. Yeah. Do you know what to do in this exact moment? No, but mm-hmm. it is very like, I've explained it to you enough where it would you would figure it out. And as far as like the fees and stuff, like you said, like, yeah, we have lightning channels. I have different wallets. I have Bitcoin in different places and I can always use lightning. This new Albi one tap zap solution, like obviously Albi is a, is a custodial solution. It's not I don't have the keys to that Bitcoin, but you only keep a little bit there. Exactly. And you're only yeah. zapping like 21 Satoshis, 200 Satoshis. So you just keep a little bit in Albi for the convenience sake. Um, And I think that's what you're going to see in the future is everybody's going to have a custodial wallet because it will be the most convenient way to to do things like one tap zap. But all your money's not going to be in there. You're not going to keep your entire Bitcoin stack in Albi. Like, that's crazy. Can I just like move the conversation a a little over to like relationship stuff? I think it's really important if you're in a relationship with someone and you're sharing money that you know each other's passwords, because I think I would feel fine (laughs) if something happened to you because I know your passwords for stuff. But there are people like who don't share their like phone passwords with their spouses. And so that's my plea. If you don't do that with your spouse, like do it. Even if like, you know, they're busy and you need to access, you know, it's just I I, I think like some couples don't do that. But I was thinking like, yeah, I, I would just put in your pin code or I'd scan my fingerprint and I'd pull up your phone. Even though you don't put stuff in your phone, really. You know what I'm saying, right? I know what you're saying. Like, I think it's a good relationship tip. There's a caveat on that tip. What's the caveat? If you're a sketchy person doing sketchy stuff, don't share your pin. Well, with your spouse, the person that you share your money with. I'm sorry. Are you saying that people don't cheat? Oh, no, no. They do. But also don't cheat on your spouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah. yeah there's that yeah. too. But oh, I, I, I would just key on up. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I would but just, that was a funny joke. Even if you're not cheating, like not sharing your pin or your password and stuff like that, almost like in 2023 implies that you are. Yeah, it's a lack of trust. I mean, I don't know what to to call it, but it's like, if you're going to share your money with someone, someone has access to your funds, like they have access to everything that you're doing. Yeah. Like if they want to know what you're doing. Like either you're making a show of like, I'm getting some artificial barrier here so that you can't access. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I like that we have, that we share each other's passwords, that we can access each other's stuff. Like, I can't even imagine like that blockade. I don't know. I like it. It's all I've ever known with you and me. So I think if other relationships don't have it, maybe you guys have been together for not that long. I mean, I think it's a, it's an important step in a relationship, but also it makes a lot of other stuff easier. If you need to access something, you can just do it without having to, you know, check in with the other person. Here's my relationship tip of the week. Don't have shady stuff on your phone and share your phone passcode with your boo. And that'll set you up for being Bitcoiners. And a happy marriage. (laughs) But like, 
let's not just say like, you know, sharing passwords or whatever, access to phones. What do you think like ground rules should be for that situation? What would your advice to be for like a couple who doesn't do that, but would would like want to start doing that? We don't have any ground rules, but I feel like you and I don't. I don't know. <laughs> We're together all the time. <laughs> I can't even imagine like needing to know something that's in your phone that I don't already know. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, don't live separate lives. Oh, that's an interesting way to describe it. Yeah. Don't live separate lives. Like yeah. figure out a life that you both want to live and live that life together. Is it a lot of time together? Yes. Why do you say it like that? Because <laughs> it is. It is a lot of time together. It is together. a lot of time together. Of all my relationships, this is the most time that I've ever spent with any person. Me too, babe. Um, granted, like COVID and, and everything that happened, like kind of added to that. But but even when we started dating, we spent a lot of time together. More More time together than apart. Sure. Yeah. The world's about to get really crazy and I'm not trying to fear monger and I'm not trying to like scare people, but like take your head out of the sand. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you probably already have your head out of the sand, but there's a lot of people that don't realize what is going on right now. A lot of people watched game six of the Lakers versus the Warriors last night and have no idea that we might be in World War Three today. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so like. If you're going to be in a relationship with someone, make sure that you're both living the life that you want to live because you're probably going to be living that life for a while. This idea of COVID life, kind of showed us that you got locked in with someone. COVID was like a good preview. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean this about everything. If you're living in a place that you don't like, don't live there. Yeah. If you are with someone that you don't like, don't be with them. Or in a job you don't like. Or if you're in a job that you, if you're doing something that you don't like and you're just doing it to like get through, you need to internalize that you're probably going to be doing that for the next three to five years. This idea of America being like this upwardly mobile society where you just like go from opportunity to opportunity, that's heading in the opposite direction right now. I watched this thing last night. That was saying how basically since the 1970s or before, California has seen nothing but growth in population. They just had their first population decline. People are leaving California. And there are people in California that are going like, why are you leaving? It's not that bad. I would argue all those people have no idea what's going on in California. Yeah. Also, really interesting, Elia, my friend who used to live here moved back to California where she was from. And she was telling me. That I would say our electricity bill on average per month is what a hundred dollars. A hundred. Yeah, <clears throat> usually not even that much. Hers is six hundred. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know why? They're having an energy crisis. Do you want to know why? I I recently learned this. I oh, didn't even tell me. Tell me. I didn't even did it. This did not register to me. This is the same video I was watching about the Texas or the the California population decline. It was really about Texas. Yeah, yeah. So Texas is like the biggest energy producer of our country. It's the biggest energy producer of North America. It's actually one of the, if it was its own country, it's like the fifth biggest energy producer in the world. Texas has the ability to get its energy to the entire eastern side of the United States from Texas. There are no pipelines for energy that go into California. Jeez. There's no natural gas. There's no oil. There's no pipeline. There's no energy pipeline that goes into California. California has a couple of its own oil wells and refineries and stuff like that. But California is basically cut off from the energy abundance that is Texas. And that's why California and the West Coast has such high energy prices. That's why you see 
this like push for renewable energy and, and wind and solar and all that fun stuff originating out of California because they actually have the biggest need yeah. to get energy and desperate need, desperate need to get energy. And on top of that, this is more like inside baseball, but like most of the wealthy people in the country don't care about California. There's no push to build a pipeline to California. There's a there's a pipeline coming from Canada that got protested, right? The Keystone Pipeline or whatever. There's no pipeline going into California to protest even. That's like in the process of being built. Meanwhile, on the East Coast, you and I are sitting here looking at solar panels. Yeah. I'd heard multiple people say it. I didn't believe it, but they're basically free. Yeah. Because energy costs are so low, and the energy that we generate, it pays for itself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, the city will actually credit us it's for a unused whole, energy. It's a really interesting system, but I, I would think like that's DC getting ready for what might be to come, which could be um, future energy crisis where we're competing with other states or things like that. So it's like, let's generate our own energy. Yeah. I mean, it's a long term plan and they're doing an upfront investment in. I mean, the plan is to get DC powered by solar by 2035. Yeah, that's that's not long term. That's what two presidents. Right. But <laughs> once that's done, as a as a city, we're set for the next few decades. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's thinking like, all right, well, electricity is not really that expensive right now in DC, but let's just keep it low. Instead, oh, electricity is not that expensive in DC. This isn't something we need to worry about. Which sure, I think is the mentality that a lot of people might have, which is like, well, why would I get solar panels? Electricity is not that expensive. I can spend this money on something else. And it's like, well, keep it cheap. Yeah. 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 And then tack on some Bitcoin miners and make that money, honey. listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first sats, which are fractions of the Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. 
That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.